Hello students, hello masters of your own destiny. How is everybody doing? Like you can see, the caffeine is kicking in. I'm, I'm in my element. I'm in my coffee. I'm in my basement. I'm ready to start a new episode of Francois's Basement, a video podcast that you know created especially for you, those students in the communication, media, and the art. Our guest today, I cannot even believe that I'm going to be able to have a conversation with these guests that we have uh, today. I'm so a huge fan, and actually the reason when I'm having a little bit of coffee, or, or kind of a lot of coffee, I couldn't sleep last night. I was overthinking about the questions and how the conversation is going to go, but the truth is I'm such a huge fan, and he's such a great human being, and so humble, and so an expert in the field, that I know the conversation is going to be fantastic. To give you a hint of who is our guest today, here is a teaser of his new show from Inside Number 9. Unfortunately, she was a flexitarian vegan cannibal. All bets are off. Inside number nine on BBC Two and BBC iPlayer. Yes, the one and only Mr. Steve Peverton is with us today here from Suarez Basement. Well, he's not here, he's in his house in London. He won the 2019 British Award for Film and Television for his work in Inside Number 9. But of course, he's also very well known for, ta-da, I have my DVD collection of The League of Gentlemen, who he wrote with Rhys Shearsmith, his longtime partner in crime. Um, he's also part of the creative team and writing team and acting team for Inside Number 9. You can watch now Inside Number 9 in HBO Max. I think it's in other platforms, but I know for sure it's in HBO Max. 100% recommended. And like I always do, I have two co-hosts to be part of the show. I think the most merry. We bring the conversation to a different level. I have Andrew Nimitz with us. He was my student in my communication class and my script writing class. He's an excellent individual, and I also have James Metzinger with us. He's the owner and artistic director for Good Raven Production. In fact, Andrew and James are actually writing partners, and they are developing right now a new TV show that I'm being part of. So it's awesome. Like, imagine the three of us that we love so much television and script writing and plots, and that we can actually represent you, the student, in this conversation with Steve is fantastic. Thank you for being here from Suarez Basement. Let's start our conversation with Steve Peverson right away. Here we go. Let me tell you what I was so, I'm just such a huge fan. Your writing is where I want any of my students to understand what script writing for television is. It's so intelligent, so clever so much fun to watch so for me to have you here and to be able to talk to my students is just fantastic so i just want to welcome you to my basement well you're not in my basement you are in london right now but thank yeah. you Stephen, for being here not at all I'm, I'm quite relieved not to be in your basement i think <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting some ideas for a new episode just looking at it <laughs> well that's that's good that's good to know well so Steve, before we go into the whole, uh, of course, conversation about script writing and uh, storytelling, of course, I want to ask you how you doing, how is your family, how is everybody there in London with all this craziness that we're living in? 
Oh my goodness, it changes every day, doesn't it? Um, we we are all good. We're doing fine. Uh, the family's good. You know, it's it's nice here at the moment, so we can get outside. But nobody knows what the future holds, and I think the uncertainty is the annoying thing. We were three days into filming a new series when the lockdown happened here um, in March, so we have to pick that back up again. I don't know when we're going to be able to do it. And nobody, you know, I was meant to be doing some theatre in the West End. Nobody knows when that can reopen again. So it's just the uncertainty. Apart from that, it's okay. Just one day at a time. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that we can do. Be patient. But patience normally is not a virtue that we have as yes. humans, right? So <laughs> it takes right. us a, a long time to get there. But it, it gets to you. In some points, like, okay, that's it. I want to be able to do what I like to do. There's Absolutely, yeah. We're all, yeah. I mean, we've been doing some writing. Reese and I, who I write Inside Number Nine with, we've written a whole series like this on, on this technology. It's been very difficult. Um, but now we can meet each other um, and we're just dying to know when we can actually get in front of a camera again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Andrew, so I give you the, the star, I give you the, the beginning of the conversation. My main question for you is how does it feel, or better yet, how did it feel when you first actually started performing and acting in things that you yourself had written? So like Inside Number Nine, uh, probably the best example of that, mm. but having to bring your own work to life, how did you sort of adjust or like, did you realize there was a better style of writing for yourself? Well, I mean, weirdly, I think um, the, the, the first thing that I did was was always the acting so the writing was really supporting the acting it was okay. to give myself an acting job uh, there were four of us got together um, formed the League of Gentlemen and we all met at, at college when we were studying uh, theatre so the intention was that we were all going to be actors and um, we always enjoyed improvising a lot and devising plays and I never thought of myself as a as a writer in that way and then we started doing um, live shows with doing uh, comedy sketches and we, we wrote it all ourselves. So it was, you know, the, the writing in a way was serving our own performances. And then over the years, as we've done more and more writing, I now think of myself as a writer who's serving the actor. Um, so it, it, it switched around. But I think one of the things that you learn being a writer and a performer is you need you need those clues on the page to know who this person is you know you you're just looking to as an actor you just want a little clue as to who this character is or or, or just some hint to go on so we always try with inside number nine no matter how small the character is just don't make it bland make it appeal to an actor so even if it's a small part or even a leading part some some roles can be quite functional can't they they can just mm -hmm. be giving information so we're always looking to to put personality down on the page so that when an actor reads it, they go, I must play this part. I don't want anyone else to play this part. And that's how you hook people in. Yeah, you got to so, give them that one quirk. Exactly. And sometimes it can just be, you know, a, a great line, a great scene, just something that people, when they're reading a script, they go, oh, I really want to do this. I really, really want to mm. do this. And, and so we kind of, we always go back through once we've done a couple of drafts and we, we go, now we're going to do our draft where we hook those actors in and make sure every role has something to it that, that, uh, that someone will want to do. But yeah, to answer your question, it was really uh, a question of performing and, and then 
devising and then writing. So it came in that order rather than the other way around. I certainly think it, it benefits you to know as you're writing that you are going to be performing it because you kind of, you know how the scene is going to go. You know that you will be there on the day and that you can shape everything. You're not just handing it over to a group of people. Exactly. I agree. You are able to get in that mindset a bit quicker. Uh, mm. But going from that sort of that bit where you're talking about uh, just giving characters those quirks, that one thing that makes people want to go to that character, know more about the character. Is that one of your favorite parts of writing or what is one of your most favorite parts of writing or creating a story or a mm. character? Is it trying to find those quirks? Sure. Well, I mean, we, we grew out of writing sketches, uh, mm -hmm. sketch comedy. So that's a very useful way to start because you have two, three minutes and you have to establish who this person is, what's funny about them, and then wrap it all up. Mm -hmm. and, and that's been very useful to go into something like Inside Number Nine, where we only have 30 minutes. We're not dealing with character arcs over several episodes or, or even several seasons. So you kind of get quite good at being um, on the front foot with character. And when we start as, um, an episode, say, of Inside Number Nine, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll start with the story or the world that we're in. Um, and the characters will come second. We'll just people that world with, with characters, but we will just give them one thing, one quirk, even if it's just an adjective. So we know how to begin mm. uh, so it's, that nobody is functional. But Steve, I do have a question. Has, has somebody who teaches group writing, um, which is not an anthology series, right? When we talk about the regular TV series where we have different episodes and the story keep going. Mm. Um, I, um, you know, our students always ask a question about, well, should we develop character first and then the plot? Because the characters should be the ones uh, pushing the plot in this case, right? What is the difference that you see? You, your, your writing is very anthology, mean one episode, one story, and that's it. Uh, mm. However, you have written other stuff that are a little more into the what I call regular TV uh, structure. What do you think is the difference? Do you develop characters first when you're writing for that type of TV show? And like you just explained for the anthology, you just go directly to the story. Well, yeah, on, on Inside Number Nine, like I say, we will start with the story. We'll start uh, with the, 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 maybe even the ending or, or the setting and we will people it and the characters will come second. Other things I've done, perhaps you've been writing an episode of something where the characters already exist. So sometimes I've been in the show and then they've said to me, do you want to write a couple of episodes? So, you know, so that's really interesting. You know the journey those characters have already been on. And then the trick there is to try and do something a little bit surprising or, or to go somewhere that we haven't been before or to kind of um, understand a little bit about why they are, how they are. Mm. Um, so don't just replicate what you've already done. In an anthology, you, you can, you know, your characters die after 30 minutes, sometimes literally, and sometimes <laughs> right. but they're over, they're done, you know. So you can pack a huge amount into, into one episode. Um, Whereas I think if you're writing over a longer period of time, it's that slow burn. Uh, we want to be intrigued. You, you're holding the cards close to your chest as the writer. And I'm not used to writing in that way. I think that will be a big challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think you've got you've to hold some stuff back. And um, I think, you know, I'm, look, I've never studied 
writing. I've never studied screenwriting. I go a lot on instinct. And I think the more you do, the better your instinct becomes. The more you watch, the better your instinct becomes. So you're drawing on all your your experience as a viewer as well as a, as a writer. And, you know, my advice would just be write, 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 write. Don't, you know, keep going. Don't just think, oh, I've done that one script. Great, phew, done. If you think it's good, move on, do something else. Keep going. As like a student, kind of amateur filmmaker, young filmmaker, um, when you're acting, uh, what do you like in a director? Like what draws you in? Like what do you want from them? Like do you want, like how much do you want from them? Like what draws you in from a certain director? Stuff like that. Sure. Well, obviously we work a lot with directors who are directing us in something we've written. And then therefore right. they're asking the question, how can I make your vision? True right. You know, that's a very different experience. That's a collaboration. And mm -hmm. the best directors will, will, will give ideas that, that aren't already there and that you will together form something that's better than what it was on the page. So when I'm working with directors, um, on Inside Number Nine, and we've had great relationships with directors. It's it's very collaborative. Mm. Um, we've never had anyone come in and say, "Okay, I'm taking this script and I'm doing it my way, and uh, you just you know like it or lump it." They've always right. really um, worked with us, asked us a lot of questions, and through that process uh, and and their suggestions, we make changes. Um, mm. We can find moments that weren't there on the page that that you know we hadn't thought of visually so it's it's a wonderful process it, but you have to have someone who's collaborative mm, and i right. think it's important that you have to meet them and you know talk through the script and just get a a feel for you know what what they're going to bring to it mm. in terms of working with directors when i haven't written the script i mean mm. it's surprising how many directors just don't care about the actors <laughs> They really just think you do your job, learn your lines. I'm all about the pictures and the framing. And as long as, you know, I've cast you because you look right and you've got some of the right qualities, I'm not going to interfere too much. You know, really as, a right. director, as an actor, you kind of want support and you want, you don't want to feel like you're just a prop wandering through this beautifully lit set. Mm. You want to have conversations. There's no right or wrong. And I think, in terms of, this, is, this goes on notes as well, notes on scripts, um, mm. as well as notes from, from directors. Everything should be an open question. It shouldn't be, this is this, this is right, I know the right thing. It should be, I wonder what it would, I wonder how it would feel if, or I wonder what it would be like to try it if we did it this way. And you're engaging the actor there and you're sort of opening up a discussion that you're all having mm. together. And I found that has been a really rewarding way to work. Mm. Um, but if someone is dictatorial and just has one vision and you struggle to meet that vision because you don't really understand what it is, you start to lose confidence as an actor. And, you know, so, yeah, my, my, my and I've directed some episodes myself inside number nine. So I know it from all angles. Just ask open questions and make it a conversation that you are all having together. Mm -hmm is the best way. And Steve, that's so yeah. awesome that you say that. And let me tell you why, because uh, in my class, you know, the students, first I love all my students. I think they have such creative minds and I can picture a lot of cool stuff coming in their way in the future. 
Uh, however, they marry very much to the idea. They, they, that's my baby. Don't touch it. I know what I'm doing. So I think it is interesting that you bring that into that open question should be all the way really to the end of this process. A lot of the students tend to be very, very um, protective of the yeah. concept, right? So how important, again, and this is cool because it's coming from you, and imagine if you're saying that, <laughs> I tell my students, no, the process never ends. You can change things even in the set. Is this correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we like to work with the scripts in very good shape when we start filming. And we would do, I mean, Reese and I work together and we do two or three drafts just between ourselves before we show it to anybody. Mm -hmm. And we've worked with some great uh, producers and executive producers for many years now who we trust. And <clears throat> we don't get eight pages of tightly written notes, which as soon as they arrive, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, we, get, um, we get a two paragraph. I love this. What if this? Have you thought about this? Um, I wasn't sure about this character at this point. Just a very short Thing that we can work on and have a conversation about. Um, other things I've done when I've been a writer hired to do an episode of something, I've dealt with that process of working through notes and it can be very dispiriting if, if it's not done in the right spirit. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the right spirit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always, you know, a moment that you're working on can come alive in the rehearsal room. It can come alive on set. Um, we won't have a free-for-all, you know, the actors can't just say, oh, I've got an idea, my character should just say this. Mm. You might go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. I think we'll try it this way first. You might give them a take where they do it their way, but you've got you've to have the vision. And if you, it's all about talking about it in advance and making sure that actors, um, heads of department and director are all making the same show. So... A lot of talk in advance, but yeah, we, we don't change an awful lot as we're going along. I would just love to add, me and James as amateur, independent filmmakers, we have had our fair share of times on set where even just the smallest thing like a prop breaking can completely change the direction of a scene where it's like, Absolutely. I guess we're rewriting it right now. Let's figure it out. But honestly, I think that's made some of the best end results for scenes or projects because yeah. there are things that we've made that even in editing i just am like i love this version so much better when i look back at the script i'm like how did we think we were going to film this it's it's incredible how that process happens well yeah the, there's a saying necessity is the mother of invention and and mm -hmm. when you put restrictions and this is what's been great for us on inside number nine we put restrictions on ourselves which is we're not going to leave this room or this building. We're not gonna have a huge cast of, of, of characters in different locations. We have to tell this story with these limitations. And that <clears throat> has made us far more creative as writers, I think. It's a really good exercise. Can you tell a story for half an hour around this table with these characters who don't move from this table if they're arguing about a bill? Can you tell a character, you know, tell a story about a group of characters in one room they're doing a party, but you never can leave that room. You can have time jumps, but it, it really opens up your mind to how to solve these problems. And, um, right, right. right. And how to just make it in. 
and yeah. um, is sometimes better and and it's a more sort of classic we looked back at old single plays there's not an awful lot of single plays that get made anymore and uh, you know there was a great tradition of them certainly in british television single plays that you would watch which had a beginning middle and end and it came from theater so that precision of writing that you get in the theater is kind of what i think is very useful to bring to to television if you're doing that sort of format mm, mm. interesting i agree but that kind of plays into one of my other questions was when you're starting to write or create a series like that's something that me and andrew are kind of in that boat right now i mean we are we are in that boat yeah <laughs> the pilot. There's, no, there's no jumping <laughs> yeah um but what do you like how do you approach it what do you like to start with when like starting out well um yeah i mean that's the million dollar question isn't it <laughs> right, right. you know reese and i are gonna are gonna try and think you know of our, what our next project is going to be what do you start with um I, for me i just feel that you want to stumble upon something that you don't feel you've seen before um mm -hmm. something that you feel has not been done in this way before or with a character that hasn't had this approach to this thing before so you, you're constantly trying to think you know You've, there's so much content out there now. What's the thing that's going to make people sit up and go, oh, this is different. This is interesting. I'm going to stay with mm. this. Um, so, yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it's a question of, um, yeah, discussing the world that you're in, really. And, um, and we like to draw, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, draw on other things that are out there. Is it like mm -hmm. this? plus this is it like this with a touch of this in, in it is it coen brothers meets mike lee you know draw on all your inf influences and, and things that you love mm. it's not stealing it's it's i mean we have all been influenced by other people and those Absolutely. people were influenced by people before them right. go to shakespeare draw on those classic go to greek tragedy go to anywhere that's going to bring something different Mm -hmm. you know, that you, you know you initially thought about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's different look steve what i have here i know for a lot of my students they don't know what this is guys these are dvds these used to be dvds remember those those silver yeah. no <laughs> I can idea beat that. i can beat that because i have um vhs there we go do you remember VHS? <laughs> I have VHS, never opened. <laughs> well, you win, you win. <laughs> well, you see, we are big fans in this house of your work. Uh, we start from a long time watching what you do. Uh, we think you have a genius mind. Uh, the way that you present storytelling is, is fantastic. The characters are awesome. And, you know, just to light up things, in these times that we're living in with so much unemployment and you know unfortunately because of the virus how you think paulina from legal gentleman <laughs> will help to find jobs you're on your own <laughs> <laughs> no pauline would have to struggle i think she'd be rubbish at doing this technology i think you'd just have a black screen with pauline and a voice harping on at you um, 
Pauline's a monstrous character who works with unemployed people but has no sympathy for them. So um, I know. she'd be in her element because the more unemployment there is, the more work there is for her. So she would love it, I think. She will. Steve, we want to thank you one more time for your time. I'm going to give you the chance to please give your final thought to our students, to all those writers out there that need to believe in themselves and their stories that they are creating, especially in a time where I believe is the second golden era of television with so much opportunities out there. What is your final message to the students? Um, I guess, you know, you are the lucky ones because as an actor, someone has to give you a job to act. Um, as a director, someone has to, you have to have a project to direct. As an actor, you can, as a writer, you can keep writing. Nothing is going to stop you. There's ideas are free. So keep going, um, keep writing, keep notes, don't throw anything away. And everything you do is just, you're just storing up uh, your experience and building on, um, on your experience to the point where your instincts are so finely honed that you can, you can do it and you can have your voice come through. So keep going is, is my advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I, you hear it, students, write, 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 and rewrite. I say in my class all the time. I promise you I don't have any secret doors in my basement. Uh, <laughs> but thank you guys for being here. Uh, to my co-hosts, thank you so much because you bring past students and uh, upcoming writers. You bring a different dimension to the conversation. And, of course, I want to thank Steve. Uh, from, you know, all the way from London to be here. We admire your work very much and, and we are very uh, engaged with your work. I think it's fascinating, like I say, and in fact, I'm using uh, some episodes from Inside Night to push my students to see what they can create if they are, you know, in one uh, setting. I think it's a great exercise for them to do. Great. Well, the very best of luck to everybody in all their endeavors. And uh, let's hope we can start making things again soon. And look, I'm wearing my New York t-shirt for you today. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. Say well, hi to the family and keep safe. Yeah. Perfect. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.